0: i
2: horizon you take one step in the sunshine My Wake up Yisrael Look around and the The best eternal plan Is for us, can't you see? And though we feel despair That special day
3: is almost here You are a Jew. it's <laughs> all for you My Sad
2: And you'll see, a world so full of confusion, you know, I should it to guide you when you smile. We hope for that day, I believe in our survival, how lucky we are to
4: be chosen by you,
2: just by you. Ha-ha-shed. Join us in this song. Let the Torah command. And all through history, it's been so plain for all to see. Open your eyes, you'll realize. my
3: Masecha Hashem
2: He you les of shin signs, or shin sign, he gave you leso showing sign. les I am the going to to ay Zaffer et tov og lemor ideal, my god morning master of the world Boiker toiv i bojn og kjell og i lam morgen beskjed for fin der veld Zaffer et tov og lemor ideal, my god morning master of the world My boy kjert toiv i bojn og kjell og i lam Gitt well I to all more ideal more good morning master of the world I boy can to every everybody I shall I love good morning She had a hey, the boy, so, Sheffin! I'm a
3: Shoah.
2: Come, I'm a Shoah. I'm a Shoah. I'm a Shoah. I'm a Shoah. Ta votsa meluch la'az la malola sem ta banim ki imani nochem ha kol baruch Hashem ani roked li v'shesh ve'yesh ta parshemu natali ach la'yon lo
3: mitlone al davar
2: ko'ma sheba ba ba ani yob ba baruch ba'astamid bali ma shemar. Bye, bye, bye. I'm not sure if I'm not
3: sure i I'm i I'm
2: Come, my shabby, 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 my
3: shabby, my shabby,
2: الشبح قوم الشبح صباح بني اا اا صباح بني how lau maze, what's that special? Zman le yi ga yon ve avana. What's in me la sel ne kol yela di manaknu. Lome vi mi machekara. It's all that we've got. Each step we take, the to the a new wave that we're not but I'm so fine, i What's he be able to do this. I'm not going to be able to do be able to it's cool, my shame is I had to make a Zimí lasce ne kamba, kol jela di mana, no me vini et kol iban, ja se bella te feme, vi bajan se fê, ki moto fa, ja sala
5: Zij
1: Shaya Elowitz together with that song entitled Bammarom here at JM in the AM. Uh, before that, Yankee Hill, Milash Shal Nechama, Sababa done by Matt Dub, who was part of the big Hass uh, concert last night. Avremo before that, he was also a major part with Ezri, Boker Tov, Ribona and Bakarov Mama. She actually played that song last night. Mayor Sherman, our Monday morning theme song, Masacha Hashem, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning, welcome to a Monday, heading back to school, back to work on this 8th day of January, day number 27. In the month of Teves. the year is 5784, Tough shin Pei Dalid. Welcome to a Monday, those of you who are lucky enough to be in the arena last night. Uh, hope you enjoyed the amazing Hass concert. It was quite a show, went on for quite a while, and had a, a number of uh, quite heartwarming moments. And um, kudos to everybody, of course, at Hask and the production team. It was uh, great to be part of it. And here we are. Yeah, we woke up early, bright, and early Monday morning to be on the air and bring you uh, an amazing and incredible Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. The big Khi Book event is tomorrow night. Those of you who uh, want information about being there at Bellworks tomorrow evening to participate in this uh, community-wide effort, literally a community-wide effort, in order to... um, Help our brothers and sisters in Israel. Go to chibuk.org, C-H-I-B-U-K.org. The latest information is up there. The program schedule, I believe, is up there as well. If not, it'll be there soon. And uh, you'll have an opportunity to uh, be there tomorrow night at uh, what many are calling a historic unity event. Chibuk.org for information, dot org Make sure to check it out. Uh, Speaking of Matt Dubb, who we mentioned a moment ago, here he is with another one of his amazing selections. On a Monday morning broadcast, you are listening to JM in the AM.
2: ama sha Hey me, me, me,
0: me, me, me,
6: The problems
2: and in-
5: show big show big Shama, <imitation> you ¡Ay, ay! ¡Cómo estás! Tra- To heal the Kara Yisrael.
2: He opens his eyes, something's wrong He lifts up his head, he hears sirens wailing There's smoke in the air, he can't breathe He gets out of bed and a rocket explodes Shma So many years we've been scattered, chased from each country with violence and hate. We're back in our land, our true home, but the hatred persists. When will it end? Shma <laughs> broke down the walls and surged through cold-hearted killers they tortured with glee massacre like never before the world cheers them on how can this be israel
7: morning. We learned
2: I know speak,
8: Zakajni lesa, maya husn kale, leza ma il rakaj, luši li fnai, berinu besim i w sohalem. Yei ruco mi lif na shumain zakaini lesamaya
2: šumain, zakajni lesa, maja husnkale, ale rośin fusinale, no alle, bo i
8: kale.
1: a.m. with the Shmulek dance selection. New York Boys Choir, Ala Sulam Eliyahu done by Simcha Liner, L11 at Shmai Yisrael, Lo Yishama, that was Lenny Solomon, David Perlman with Build the World, and Matt Dub had Adama. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program, heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Round the world, the web, and the and the Nahum Segal Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. Chibuk event is tomorrow night. If you want information, go to chibuk.org, chibuk.org, an opportunity there to donate to the effort, which is partnering with six organizations to help in the future, with the future needs of many in Israel. For information, go to chibuk.org. Galay Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JNN.
9: גלי צהל מירושלים השעה השתיים, שלום רב, באולפן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. יבורכים מלבנון, בכיר בכוח רדואן של חיזבאללה חוסל בתקיפה ישראלית בדרום לבנון. מדווח כתבנו לעניינים ערביים ג'קי חוגה.
2: חיסול של דמות בכירה מאוד בזרוע הצבאית של חיזבאללה ובלבנון אומרים, המכה לארגון קשה. ויסם ג'וואד <אז> הטוויל הותקף בידי קליטאיס בעת שנסע במכוניתו ליד הכפר חיר בצלים בעומק השטח הלבנוני יותר מ-20 קילומטרים מגבול ישראל. לפני כשבועיים בדרך דומה בכיר إيراني بسوريا ולפני שבוע סלך על ארורי <אז> מחמאס בבירות.
6: כל מיוחסות לצהל.
9: זמן קצר נשמעו התראות על חדרת ברמת הגולן, לא דובח על גם גולדשטיין אלמוג שהייתה חטופה בעזה 51 ימים ופגשה שם במנהרות בנות שחוו פגיעות מיניות. מספרת ליאל דן בגלי, בגלי צהל שם בפחד תמידי
10: היה להם הרבה התקשפים של פתאום הם את הפרצוף שלו פתאום הם נזכרות שהם עדיין בעיר שלו עדיין תחת הידיים שלו לחיות עם העונס שלך עם הפוגע שלך זה אי אפשר לקרות את זה בכלל והוא שומר עלייך כאילו את עדיין צריכה לסמוך עליו וזה יכול לקרות כל רגע זה יכול לקרות כל שנייה את לא יודעת מתי זה
9: יתפוס אותך ואת לא יודעת אם זה יתפוס אותך לא יודעת איך זה ייראה אבל אתה יודעת שזה שם כאילו דיבור לבנות שלי וגאו שם אינית אל תגידי לחמאס לשומרים הבאים שתראי ברק הדבריו של שר הביטחון יואב גלנד שאמר בראיון ל-Wall Street Journal כי ישראל תעבור בקרוב משלב התמרון האינטנסיבי של המלחמה בעזה לסוגים שונים של פעולות מיוחדות השר אופיר סופר מהציונות הדתית אומר לאמיר איבגי המערכה תימשך חודשים ארוכים.
5: אנחנו מבינים שאנחנו נהיה שם במלחמה או בלחימה כנראה חודשים ארוכים, ואולי יותר מחודשים ארוכים. 2003-2004 אני זוכר את זה. אני מניח שפה זה יהיה לפחות כך. אנחנו בסוף תחום לפוצץ שם את הכל,
9: מתישהו לחשל עד אחרון המחבלים. מוסיף להיות קשה מאוד מצבה של הפצועה מפיגוע יריש שהראה אתמול בווינימין. היא מטופלת ביחידה לטיפול נמרץ בעדה סיים קרם, כשהיא מורדמת ומונשמת. הפצועה בת 42 יפו נפגעה אתמול באורח קשה בפיגוע הירי שבו נרצח אמר מנסור בין 33 מזרח ירושלים. כתבנו ביהודה ושומרון הוד בראל מזכיר כי מוקדם יותר היום פורסם כי נעצרו ברמלה שלושה פלסטינים החשודים בביצוע הפיגוע. צעיר מאזור המרכז נעצר בחשד לעונת ענק שבמסגרתה גנב מחיילים ובני משפחותיהם עשרות אלפי שקלים במהלך המלחמה. מדווח כתבנו גל ג'יראסי.
11: החשוד תושב חולון כבין 20 לכאורה גנב עשרות אלפי שקלים מחיילים, חלקם נלחמים ברצועת עזה בכי ארבעים מקרים שונים. החשוד התחזה ברשתות החברתיות ליבואן ציוד טקטי, ולאחר שגבה מהחיילים אלפי שקלים, נעלם ולו העביר את הציוד. באחד המקרים ידע החשוד כי החייל בדרך ללוויית חברו שנפל בקרב, ובכל זאת ניסה להונות אותו. בימים הקרובים יוגש נגדו כתב אישום, מעצרו הוא ערך עד ליום חמישי הקרוב.
9: ירידות השארים בבורסה בתל אביב התחזקו אחרי הדיווח על חיסול בכיר חיזבאלה. כתבנו לנהי כלכלה ישראל פישר מייד כן, כי מדד ושלוש מדד 125 מאבד אחוז מזג האוויר חם מהרגיל לעונה. אלה החדשות
5: louder take it up eighth day missing black
2: when my head is feeling heavy and my steps are out of sync when my feet can't find their rhythm and I don't know what to think Simple words have lost their meaning And my broken heart can't be It's in these silent moments I feel you next to me Saying, face the challenge, steer it down Take the plunge, feet off the ground Breathe in deep till again Your head's above water No anchor can hold you down Say it with me now again Live your one life, bren Silent faith begins to fade Live a little louder A little
3: louder
2: A little louder Live a little louder louder. Crashing of the ocean The falling of the rain Laughter traveling in the breeze From children as they play The harmonies that fall we cannot hear the sound of life surrounding you. A signs that he is.
5: of goodness, goodwill, God is. Every type of suffering, that's how I fell in love with him Seen a lot of pain uh-huh. in life, I am still recovering I'm giving all I have to give, I finish when there's nothing, nothing left I live life with the fire burning in my chest I'm drawing down the light a little, make it louder, we progress uh-huh. True joy is revealed, or concealed uh-huh. in the actions you're making You should learn patience, live life every day with a smile of good energy Because it's a way to victory
2: Face the challenge, stare it down Take the plunge, feet off the ground. Breathe in deep till again your head's above water. No, no anchor can hold you, hold you down. down. Say it with me now again. Believe live your one live life Mick, When your silent faith begins to fade. Face a challenge, stare it down. Take the plunge,
3: feet off the ground.
2: Mode אני le fane ja o le ja al kola jese da emet alato la tetbe ja ya. על al kola ne
0: אלأتي רק Shrak שרק נמשיך וní
6: תAVE le kavot, Rak
2: toda tok ki lkha koakh that <laughs> I love, and he's the one who doesn't fall you, Toda, que ele viu a deixa, bechol yom elecha, THE derech she'adam, <laughs> The lelach, ma'u <laughs> I am a little I say I need I need I need I I need My daughter, you got your own. We're on our way, we're on our way, we're on our way. I brickst in alle Brüdern, wo sie sticken, macht mich zittern wie ein Chicken, normal bleiben, kannst du flicken, nimm not geben, trink mal glicken, ja? Einnoit.
3: Ich
5: bin
2: Shabashaman, <Sings> I I don't hear me. I do I don't me. I I don't me. I I don't me. Oi la matematica oi la mo habria a meisir oi a I hey. don't need a mission, I'm oil, I'm a It's <laughs> either my I don't
3: I'm
2: a I don't need a I'm I don't need a me, I don't need a I don't need I don't need a me, I don't need a me, I don't need Oy lom habria, oy lom häyt siirä, lom massiä, ah oy lomat tyken, oy lom muat sielä, oy lom habria, oy lom häyt siirä, oy lom massiä, ah oy yo. I'm it's either the sea or the maticken. Elo Alvin is about shumai. I do I'm Oe I don't need a million, I'm it's the In all the my the in the Mit a will the in mission I'm a in
1: Lipo with the late, great Michal Schnitzler and Ain Ode here at JM in the AM. Uh Before that, the... um Selection from uh, Maisha Auslander, Baderech. Rak Toda, that was Gil Yisraelov and David Taub. An eighth day with Nissim Black had little louder to open up that set and the hour here at JM in the AM. Well, Rosh Chodesh is Thursday. Tomorrow we will find out more about the Rosh Chodesh musical service that's planned for Nitivot Israel this coming Thursday morning at Nate's at Sunrise. Uh, more details about that tomorrow here at JM and the AM. Also the Chibuk event is tomorrow at uh, Bell Bellworks down in Homedale, New Jersey. Information in terms of uh, donating to the cause and making reservations for tomorrow night. Uh, plus the program is up there as well, so you can check that out. Go to chibouk.org, C H I B U K dot org, C H I B U K More coming up. It's eight time cats at J M and the AM. <laughs>
4: i to Did it die, did it die? Did it die, did it die, I did it I did it die, I did it die, I did it
6: Im يحشب ايما ساي ايما ساي ايما ساي ان Im it's not messiah, messiah,
1: in the a.m. with Baruch Clavine. he was there last night part of the amazing lineup at the Haas concert hope you enjoyed everybody if you were lucky enough to be in the arena and those of you who watched at home or ever you may have seen the live stream again I hope you enjoyed the uh uh, the show that had a lot of amazing moments last night uh, from NJPAC in New Jersey being watched, no doubt, around the world. Baruch Levine, before that, Isaac and Rubenstein, Eitan Katz, had Nigun Rikud, Lipa, and Michal Schnitzel together with Ain Ode. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zeghenishmas Arav Zeben and Zeghenishmas Esther Basar Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk.
7: Good morning. Birches HaGaimel is a special bracha when a person goes through trauma, the Shulchan Aruch tells us on four occasions we bench Gomel. Those who go down to the sea, those who travel through the desert, one who was ill and then recovered, one who was incarcerated in prison and then was released. The ending words of the bracha is, who rewards the undeserving with goodness it who has rewarded me with goodness. The nusach of this bracha reflects Yaakov Avinu's famous tfilah for safety just before he was reunited with his brother Esau. He said, I am unworthy of all the kindness that you have shown to your servant. According to the Poskin. If a person was traveling in any of the areas bordering Eretz Yisroel, and those areas are under the control of unfriendly neighbors, then even though the trip was shorter than 72 minutes, a person should recite Hagomel. I just returned from Eretz Yisroel, where I was sent to give chizuk encouragement to the chayalim and to their families. I had the great zechus of visiting a wounded soldier in one of the hospitals. He seemed to be a very refined and sensitive young man. One of the army staff members who was in the hallway told me that he was in fact one of the strongest fighters that they had. As we sat together with him, he recounted the traumatic events that led to his hospitalization. He had been caught under heavy fire in the battlefield. He saw the bullets coming directly towards his head. He doesn't know what happened, but miraculously, although he was badly wounded, his head remained uninjured. He attributed his salvation to the fact that his father is deeply religious. He taught his son, the Chayal, always to remember to wear his tefillin every weekday that morning he put on his tefillin that morning he tells us of course he wore the shell the tefillin of the head he said my head was protected as Shlomo amelech says in Koheles Shomer mitzvah lo yedah davarah a person that obeys the mitzvos will know no evil mitzvahs are an extra level of protection May Hashem grant that each and every member of the IDF are successful in all of their missions and that they return home safe and sound. Yehirotzon, that all of the hostages be released immediately and return home safe and sound. Bekarov, Bekarov. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning chizik. Have a nice day.
1: Jam in the am, and uh, what can I say? Uh, We knew about this in advance, Rabbi Goldwasser was heading to Israel to be with the Chayalim and to give comfort to those who are injured and give uh, chizuk and hope to those who are on the front lines. And um, anybody out there knows Rabbi Goldwasser and knows what last week was like for those Chayalim. It was extremely inspiring. They so much appreciated his visit and all we could say is how proud we are to be associated with Rabbi Goldwasser who went to um, add to the list of people of leaders who have been there on behalf of our brothers and sisters during this very, very difficult time. Speaking, by the way, of which, keep in mind tomorrow night's event, Chibuk, is the event tomorrow night at The Bell Works in New Jersey. Uh, we spoke about it last week at length with the Eichie Herzog and Ralph Zucker. Uh, go to chibuk.org, give a donation, certainly make a reservation for tomorrow night. It's going to be quite an event. Chibuk.org, C-H-I-B-U-K.org. Or by Dr. David Hertzberg, who is, um, h- who is a uh, staff member of ours, if you will. <laughs> he is um, responsible for Israel at 75, which is a weekly incredible presentation that uh, goes on right after JM and the AM, and um, it really gives a, a comprehensive look at uh, modern Jewish history, 20th century Israel history, and... Um, Over these few months, Rabbi Hertzberg has become much more than just a um, presenter here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have utilized his incredible knowledge of Israel, number one, to discuss important topics as it relates to this war, but number two... To highlight the fact that he uh, has been leading these amazing missions to Israel that are doing unique things and that are really bringing a lot of spirit and inspiration to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land. Here, and we'll introduce her by Herzberg in a moment, but I want to read you a text that I got from him. Uh, I think this was uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, Hi Nachum, we're doing a family mission in two weeks in Bezrat Hashem on Sunday night, January the twenty-first. A siyum mishnayot at Machane Shura. With the military rabbinate and Rabbi Grossman. Yeah, that Rabbi Grossman, the one we're going to see tomorrow night at the Chibuk event and the one who's so well-known for uh, Migdalar, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, with the military rabbinate and Rav Grossman, we also announced today's student mission, President's Week, I'm assuming that's the 20th in the area of the 20th of uh, February, which will be focusing on making connections and bridges across the religious spectrum to keep Achtud going forward and helping to prevent the return, God forbid, to October 7th. So Rabbi Hertzberg told me about this, and I said, we got to discuss this on the air. And sure enough, he's with us live via telephone. Rabbi Hertzberg, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
10: Thank you, Nachal. Always a pleasure to be here.
1: I see the momentum is not letting up, which is remarkable. Um, you will be doing it. What date does this family mission leave for Israel?
10: So the family mission is is actually a number of our families with their children were planning on being there um, anyway, perhaps originally they had to celebrate bar mitzvahs. And they decided once we're all there, let's get together, maybe do a few day mission while we're there. So uh, this is going to be Sunday, January 21st through Tuesday, January 23rd, Bezrat HaShem. And again, it's a little bit of a different type of mission because we're going to have people of all ages, from adults to younger children. But again, keeping the uh, basic message alive in the of visiting soldiers, visiting yeshuvim, and uh, now just trying to maintain those connections and try to give shizuk and at the same time be mitchazek.
1: Now, explain to the audience, to those who are listening, the significance of a seal Mishnayot at Machane Shura.
10: So, on our second mission, we uh, went, thanks to um, Rob Grossman and Yigda, or arranged for us to go visit uh, Machane Shura, and we had a very powerful uh, presentation by Aviad, one of the commanders there, and Ben Siman. And when we left, we maintained the Kesher because we felt that. To uh, do something, well, we that, we, 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 uh, we, have, should,
1: we should mention that Shura is is a significant place now and during this war. Right,
10: Machana Shura was is the base of the of the rabbinate, but during the the war, they've actually been the been, been the location where they have both identified all the people who have been killed, as well as preparing them for their. Halvayot for their for their funerals, right. the the chayalim and the, uh, and the and at the beginning the civilians as well. So yes, it's a very powerful place, a very painful place,
1: and the is Siam- a very holy place. And, and and now we know why there's a of Siam- mishnayot that you're planning for that location. I mean, it's so meaningful and so appropriate, and that's going to happen on the 21st in Israel, and um, and and again, and we.
10: We were so excited about it, but what's fascinating was how excited and enthusiastic all the uh, rabbis of the base were to be uh, participating in it, to be participating in it, um, and it's just a—it's hopefully a very, very special moment.
1: Well, well, frankly, with all the work they've had to do, and we had people on the air who described the work that they're doing, and you obviously know. Firsthand from your visit, what goes on there? It, it, they probably, you know, felt a a lacking of, you know, just some type of spirituality, frankly, because they're involved in such in such difficult work, you know, on a daily basis. To have a seomishnayot and have an inspiring event like that in memory of those who's, you know, who who they are uh, uh, properly caring for, um, you know, in, in terms of preparing them for burial, has has got to have a, a plenty of additional meaning for them.
10: Uh, definitely, you know, see me in, and again, they. I just got absolutely two hours ago the text that all the Mishnah have been given out, the including including all the more esoteric ones and Taro, everything has been <laughs> given out. The rabbanim have signed up, and and uh, we're we're good to go.
1: Unbelievable. All right, so that's happening on the 21st, and again. Everybody Hertzberg's group is going to spearheading that. Now, uh, you've also announced, as I mentioned during the introduction, uh, that students are invited to participate in. This is a week in February, I'm assuming, right? This is President's right, Week,
10: right? Feb- President's Week um uh, by uh, you know popular interest. So we're running uh, another student-parent mission des zatashem day, President's Week, and. and what we want to do a little bit differently this time, besides some of the normal things that all the missions have been doing, but one of the themes is, that, that has become really prominent is that we want to create connections. We don't want, when the war ends, Bezrat Hashem, a victory soon, we don't want to go back to October 6th. Right. And one of the ways we're going to to do that is create these avenues of communication uh, with irreligious schools, which, with Haredi schools, with other programs to, to really reach out and create the possibility of respectful communication and even respectful disagreement. But that's one of the major goals of this mission, moving forward and looking towards the future.
1: I mean, I get the—I hope I'm not wrong. I hope I'm not wrong. But, and, and things obviously do not, you know, stay at the uh, heated and extreme level that they've gotten to. And I say that in a good way uh, in terms of the, the unity and the feelings that we have toward each other now uh, during this war. But I, I can't imagine that some of this feeling is not going to remain, is not going to, you know, residually exist In our community once all this is over. I I, I hope you agree with me because, again, I I think I have reasonable expectations. It's not going to be to the level, obviously, that we're thank God at now, but I, I still think a lot of it is going to remain as people will feel a much closer connection to each other and actually feel like we're brothers and sisters
10: exactly which is why we think the time is ripe to create these connections to ensure that we stay at some at some level of, uh, of that and that things don't slowly but surely go go back and because there's this level of unity right now i believe the time is ripe that people in many of the different circles are open to such to such endeavors and really getting to uh, getting to uh, getting to know one another
1: yeah no question about it um everybody out there uh, you have an opportunity to to utilize um, Rabbi Hertzberg's knowledge about Israel and uh, his and the yeshiva of Flatbush's abilities to create these trips and do really effective things in Israel. Rabbi Hertzberg, I am assuming that, again, you are offering any shul, any school, any high school, any organization that wants to consult with you in terms of putting together uh, the, the nuts and bolts of the trips and some interesting ideas for these trips. I'm sure you're still offering that people can consult with you on all of that. Right. <laughs>
10: Absolutely, and it, uh, you know, it, it to help anybody, and you know, there's so many other missions to look at, look after. and everyone's checking each other, because everyone has some, such great ideas. Actually, for the February one, we're putting together already a list of ideas. We've already got about 12 days' worth of things to do for three days. So, yeah. it's, uh, but anybody, you know, yeah, bar, bar so Any, uh,
1: anybody, anybody traveling with you better be ready to wake up very early and go to sleep very, very late.
10: <laughs> yeah, Baruch Hashem. So, but for sure, anybody would be more been happy to speak with them. be my pleasure
1: uh this week uh, rabbi herzberg for us on israel at 75 which airs tomorrow at 9 a.m he'll be finishing the discussion about the eichmann trial and then next week he'll start a series on terror events which will focus on many interesting uh, historic events, including the Munich Olympics of 1972 and Entebbe of 1976. Everyone should always make sure to be tuned in. Uh, you'll learn a lot if you're listening Tuesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern time to Israel at 75. By the way, you mentioned in one of your texts to me, you know, the comparisons between what Israel's going through now and the Om Kippur War. And and I was wondering if, the, if if one can even, you know, start a comparison when you know the Umkipper War was another one of those quote unquote conventional wars, you know, along borders against other countries, and this one is against a terror organization that's you know, so difficult as we know, uh, as the world has pointed out, so difficult to you know to to weed out the terrorists from uh, those who might be. Innocent civilians, right off the bat, isn't it really hard to compare this war to any type of what we call conventional wars?
10: Well, certainly there there are major differences, um, and in, in fact, the conventional war where. Israel found itself in a very complicated and uh, threatening situation. Uh, it, it, they knew what had to be done. In this type of situation, a non-conventional war, you're right, it's it's much more complex and nobody knows what the next right move should be. Right. With that said, there's certain comparisons that could be made in terms of lessons not learned, mistakes repeated, and the level of the threat, and why, and how that's impacting on the uh, the morale of the people. To see that some of the differences between uh, the Yom Kippur war and and now, but people I've spoken to uh, from Eeviketekalani and others all view the situation, sadly, that we're in right now as a much more critical, painful situation than even what they faced in
1: '73. Wow, and what would they say with all the comparisons being made, or the you know the comments being made that? that this is a, uh, a fight for Israel's independence similar to the independence, War of Independence you know, back in the 1940s. I mean, that, that's quite a statement when that one, of course, had to do with the, ex- the existence of the state of Israel, and there are many who are comparing this effort to what happened back then. So we have to just realize, everybody has to realize, because often it's lost on us from 6,000 miles away just how serious a situation Israel is in right now.
10: Correct, which, which I believe is part of the reason why so many people in Israel find Chizuk when Americans and B'nai Chutzlarts are coming yeah. that we still believe that this is where we should be and this is the this is the answer as we we approach the uh, uh times of Mashiach.
1: by the way you like i have had the opportunity to be there a few times since the war started don't you find it much more difficult to leave israel these days don't you find it as as tough as it always is and obviously anyone who cares about israel always has that tug and and it's hard but don't you feel it much more difficult these days
10: I certainly would agree to that. You know, being in Israel, you're, especially at this time, everyone is, you know, emotionally you're all over the place. Everyone feels uh, a very, very strong connection. And when you get to that, uh, get to Ben Gurion Airport, yeah. you almost feel like you're, you're abandoning ship, which 100%. is a very painful feeling to have.
1: Hundred percent. It's actually I- I'm glad people feel that way, but I- I'm glad you also. Uh, reaffirmed for me what I felt and what so many are feeling as they leave Israel. All right, listen. Good luck with the uh, with the journeys. Make sure to keep us up to date, especially this uh, incredible event happening the twenty first, the Sim is down in Shura, and um, and we'll be uh, paying close attention to the lessons you teach us Tuesdays at nine a.m. Eastern time, including tomorrow, and uh, can, and and uh, I, I hope. I really do hope, Rabbi Hertzberg, that other schools, schools, organizations, especially those who've been hesitating, whether in January and February, they should take family missions, they should take students, maybe even... I don't know if you're aware of this, by the way. There's a school in the United States... That actually sent their students for three weeks to Israel, which you yes. know is pretty remarkable, frankly. Yes, <laughs> so An amazing thing. So I hope that they take uh, advantage of your offer to uh, consult on these matters, and uh, whether they do or not consult with you, I hope they uh, use this opportunity uh, to realize just how critical it is and how life changing it could be for their students and families if they go ahead and embark on a trip to Israel at this time. of vote to you. Continued success. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nachum. Have a great day. A pleasure. More coming up. You're listening to a Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. (laughs)
2: Eftagbach, Eftagbach, Eftagbach. Waani, Eftagbach, Eftagbach. Waani, in doch. die doch, doch. die Die besten doch. O, doch, doch. Wa Ani, F da Ani, Ani, F da boch, Wa Ani, FK bof, dat mi van las <laughs> te zorg. Wa Ani, F dach Ani, Ani, FK boch, Vaani, FK, boch, F dach boch.
6: Eftig die
2: die Dach dach dach.
6: Ani
5: City of gold, city of soul, city of an ancient people's home. City of love, a city that I breathe, city that I don't want to leave. Oh, Jerusalem, you're in my heart, Jerusalem, you're in my mind. Jerusalem, I love you so. You know you're in my heart, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know you're in my
8: heart, Jerusalem.
5: Jerusalem. Ira tikva, Ira tikah, Ira Bira, Ira Dima, Ira Hava, Ira Bracha, Ira Shela Ama Israel, Chaim, Oh Jerusalem, you're in my heart, Jerusalem, let me're in my mind, Jerusalem, my loving soul You know you're in my heart, Jerusalem, 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 You know you're in my heart,
8: Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Jerusalem,
3: Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Oh, sure,
1: J.M. in the A.M. Ellie, excuse me, Dove Halperin with Jerusalem here at J.M. in the A.M. Uh, before that, the um, before that the Matt uh, Barry Weber Schmuly Unger selection entitled Vaani here at J.M. in the A.M. Tomorrow night is the Chibuk event, Tuesday night at Bellworks in Holmdel, New Jersey. Those of you who do not yet have your... uh, Oh, there we go. Those of you who don't have your reservations yet, go to dot C-H-I-B-U-K.org, C-H-I-B-U-K.org. It's an opportunity to um, support an effort that is partnering with six major organizations in Israel to... uh, do what's possible not just now but in the long run for families in need um in the holy land all the needs the basic needs the the um the basic necessities the uh the um education bar mitzvahs weddings of family members I mean, this is an effort that's concentrating on what's going to be needed down the road for so many families in Israel who've been affected by this uh, terrible war. Uh, so go to chibuk.org. The event's tomorrow night. The lineup's pretty amazing. You can check it out online. Go, again, go to chibuk.org, C-H-I-B-U-K.org. Make a donation. Get your reservations in for tomorrow night, and we look forward to seeing you there. It should be an amazing and incredible event. Rabbi Grossman's going to be speaking. Sholem Lemmer is uh, among the participants, I'd say entertainers, but I don't know if it's an entertaining event, it's more of a meaningful event. Again, go to Chibuk, dot org. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at a A&H. and Abel's and Hyman makes traditional kosher delicacies, pastrami, corned beef, salami, and more. Old World Classics, beef fry kishka, and more modern, better-for-you kosher products, including no nitrate added, reduced fat, or reduced sodium hot dogs, plus many other unique items. Visit the website at kosherdogs.net, grab a 10% discount with promo code radio, and try... AH today. You'll be glad you did. And happy 75th to AH. They are celebrating anniversary number 75. Wow. Mazaltov from all of us here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Rather on the web at nachomsegal.com on the Nachomsegal Network and, of course, any beloved NSN app. In the AM. <coughs> oh, yeah. Monday morning broadcast with a reminder at Skarshan Virobo, by the way. Kikel Paul Avramel Avram Fried, before that, with a great class. Second Mordecai and David opened up the hour. Um, coming up at the 9 a.m. Eastern Time, Rabbi Benji Kramer, the word is Sheger. Rabbi Benji Kramer, the word is Sheger. He'll be uh, analyzing that Hebrew word for us coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, Again, the word is Sheger. And you'll have an opportunity to hear what Ray Benji Kramer has to say about it coming up here at JM in the AM. Also, uh, Seth and uh, Yoni are going to be discussing the NFL and the playoffs and all that on After Further Review, coming up at 10 a.m. Eastern Time today, right here on the Nachum Siegel Network. So you'll hear that coming up. Oh, sorry about that. And um, what else did I want to tell you? So um, many people had uh, been listening when I proposed that uh, Benjamin Siegel speak with me on the air regarding uh, my recent trips to Israel. We had an opportunity to do that yesterday and to air it this morning here at JM in the AM. So without any further ado, here's what that conversation sounded like here at uh, JM in the AM. JM in the AM on a Monday morning, and I am uh, privileged and honored to have a special partner in our studio to conduct a conversation about some of the things that I experienced in Israel recently. Uh, some of you may have been tuned in when I got into the discussion on the air in Israel about who would be an appropriate person to speak to me about um, what I saw, heard, and felt in Israel. And many people recommended and suggested Benjamin Siegel. And sure enough, Benjamin Siegel is here. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, you, a pleasure to be here. <laughs> it's great to have you here. And I look forward to this conversation. I uh, wonder what it is that you're going to be asking about but I would love to use this opportunity to educate people more and more about what's happening in the Holy
11: Land. Yeah and I was so excited when you asked me about this because you've been to Israel three times since October 7th. I've been to Israel zero times. The only uh, experience I've had with Israel is speaking to you uh, while you're there and understanding what's going on on the ground and seeing uh, what people are going through and asking you uh, what's happening. So I'm very very excited to be able to learn more in a more formal setting as well. Appreciate that. Um, so I'll definitely start then. Um, and I think the, the question that all of us here as American jury are asking, what is the mood on the ground in Israel? Not everyone has been there. Not everyone has experienced it. A lot of people have done whatever they can here, but what is the general mood on the ground and how has it changed in your three trips from the first, to the second to the third?
1: Well, I think it's hard to, um, uh, sum it up in a couple of short sentences, but I'm going to try because, uh, it can be very effective that way. Uh, when I got to Israel the first time, after the uh, terrible tragedy, I, I would say that uh, everybody was in a state of complete shock. Um, they had been hit with a with a, um, a, a terrible brutal attack so hard and uh, it was it, it was a, a an entire population of people trying to just process what they had been been through uh, and the brutality of it and the uh, and the speed of it and the uh, lack of, of intelligence and defense for it. And I think all of that was, evidence, uh, was evident in the first trip. And it takes a while, you know, when someone gets, you know, hit in the gut, hit in the mouth, it takes a, a minute or two to, to come back to yourself. And I think that that whole period of time was sort of like that. I remember the first time I was there, there was no war yet, there was no ground offensive. So it was really just everyone thinking about the hostages. Um, the the terrible episode they had all just been through, and uh, thinking about when is this war going to start already? Because there was such a desire to get things going in terms of uh, I don't want to use the word revenge, but in terms of justice against the enemy. Uh, the second trip was more of a um, um, was more of a uh, a calmer situation in Israel. Some of the hostages had been released. Uh, the ground offensive had already begun. And uh, people felt like there was, you know, that victory was imminent. It may not be uh, uh, imminent, meaning, you know, in a few days or a few weeks, but imminent, hopefully, in the long run, that the government and the army understands the reality of having to eradicate the enemy. And the third time, which was just, you know, uh, a couple of weeks, which was just last week, uh, back last Sunday, was, um, as I kept saying on the air, was uh, it, it was hard to avoid the constant discussion about the hostages, not a criticism, uh, not to the families or the media. It's a topic that needs to be out there. But it's depressing when you think about the situation that the uh, hostages are in, 13 Shabbatot and captive. God knows what's happening with them. And then, of course, if it's not hostages, it's fallen soldiers. So many funerals, so many shivas, so many um, um, you know, depressing episodes. Um, so it's different each time. Like For instance, I went to Barrie last Sunday, And, um, I guess at this point, two Sundays ago, and I said to myself, you know, everyone who was down there right after the brutal attack saw death and destruction. We just saw destruction. We didn't see the death. We imagined it as we were told what was going on in the specific streets that we were on and the specific homes that we were in, but we had not seen the, the, the death that so many people saw right after, uh, the attack and, uh, but the, uh, honestly, the destruction was enough just to see what had happened inside the homes and what people had experienced and what the communities now look like and how much they need to rebuild was enough for us, frankly, um, at least for me at this time. So this was the range of emotions and the range of impressions. And uh, Israel's going through a tough time. Uh, Israel's going through a tough time. But I think every, every few days, every few weeks, it's a different type of emotion there.
11: Wow. That is, it's a lot, a lot to yeah. take in, a lot to be able to process. It kind of sounds like you went through your own sort of mourning period throughout the three uh, visits as well. Where,
1: yeah, I'd call it more grief than mourning because there's just so much, there, there's so many different things that you're that you're grieving for: civilians, army missing, um, you know, just the whole idea of being, uh, you know, victims of a surprise attack. There's just so much going on, and the future. You worry about what the future holds. And everyone has an opinion. <laughs> so it is a uh, it is a full range of emotions, no doubt.
11: What is the mood politically there? Is it uh, everyone wants a change right now? Or is everyone kind of uh, understanding that we have to get through this war and we'll figure it out later?
1: I think that, um, you know, in all fairness, a lot of people do the whole we should get through the war and worry about that later. I don't know if that's fair. Because I think people want to be reassured that in the future there'll be strong leadership. Right. That there's someone coming up in the ranks, whether we've heard of them till this point or not, who's going to be able to navigate the situation. I mean, frankly, don't you think that at this point, no matter where you are in the political spectrum, we have to have someone leading Israel that at least can give the impression that they are a unifier. You know, at least give the you know the spirit to the country that you know we have this tremendous achdos, we have all this unity that we've all been experiencing let's try to maintain some of that as we go forward politically. And I don't know if that person is on the political is in the political arena yet in Israel. I have no idea. They might be, they may not be. But I don't know if it's fair. People always say, you know, let's deal with the war now, and then we'll deal with the investigations and this and that. I mean, I was one of the people who called for the prime minister to resign immediately. I thought it was, I thought that would be the best for the country. Okay, I don't know if I was right or not. A lot of, a lot of experts say I was wrong. <laughs> but um, but I, I think it is fair that people, you know, think about um, – what the future holds. You know, it's funny that just last week, the prime minister insisted that he's not leaving his position. I said to myself, you know, like if if we really are going to do what's best for the country now, wouldn't it be better not to say things like that? So uh, if he's going to be out there insisting that he's staying, I don't think it's so bad that people are out there thinking who's going to be next to take us forward.
11: Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. And it's you know, one of the coolest things and less least spoken about, I think, uh, about the entire October 7th episode and uh, the aftermath is that there are a lot of groups that were already formed uh, who were against the uh, judicial reform. And in other countries and in, with other people, not they wouldn't necessarily have pivoted to be able to just go ahead and take all that organizational power that they have had and all the volunteers that they had and turn it into a completely... This related mission, and I'm not just talking about it from the left and from mm-hmm. the right. I'm talking about it from both sides, um, and I think that's something special and something that we hope to continue. Has there have you seen anything on the ground like that? Been speaking to people who you wouldn't traditionally speak to, uh, or uh, groups that you wouldn't traditionally speak to, or hearing from people who are speaking to groups they wouldn't traditionally speak to, and how they're able to come together? Or is that not something that we're seeing? Oh,
1: I think we're seeing it to a point that we've never seen it before. It's remarkable to me that um, everyone really does feel like everyone's a brother and sister now. We've always said it and we've always, you know, known how to put it in words. <laughs> but now it really does feel like people have this tremendous care and concern for everybody, no matter what their background is. You know, even, look, sometimes, you know how it is with our people, sometimes um, automatically, um, when something bad happens to a specific group or people of a specific background, people will start judging what they were or were not doing that day or what types of activities they are or are not um, engaged in. We haven't heard any of that, which is unbelievable. And by the way, both sides are guilty of it, uh, generally. We haven't heard a word of that, which I think is incredible. And, and you know, people lament already, oh, this feeling of unity is not going to last. I hate to tell you, uh, or I'd love to tell you, I don't know if it's, it may not last to the degree that we have it now, but it it would be impossible for me to believe that a remnant of this is not going to stick around, that some aspect of this unified effort is not going to, yeah, there'll be political fights and there'll be arguments and there may be rallies and protests again, you know, against each other someday, who knows. But it's hard for me to believe with everything that's happening, that there isn't going to be some type of uh, residual unity that remains after all this is
11: over. So you think that there will be dialogue between people and able to have more communication as opposed to just getting into the streets and uh, I think immediately? I
1: think that's dependent on who it is, on who the leader is. I think if it's somebody who really has a vision like that, um, you know, <laughs> I hope the left doesn't mind me saying this, but if a Reagan-esque figure <laughs> arises in Israel who sincerely wants to bridge gaps and get people to talk more than yell and scream... Then I think there is some hope. Again, I don't know who that is. I hope that person does exist and that they're going to have an opportunity to, to make their position and and their and their feelings known on these matters. But um, but that's the hope. The hope is that we'll be led by the right person or the right people, who will understand that dialogue and brotherhood outweighs all the other stuff that we've been through.
11: Yeah that that would be that would be the dream. Yeah. What are the um. You know, we in America always talk about what we could do for Israel, and obviously, the obvious answer is always money. We can give money, we can give support. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about people, uh, including from Yoshua, uh, my brother, your son, and his wife Tamima, who were brought letters to Israel and uh, handed it to the soldiers. And you would think that the soldiers were handed a million dollar check, how how well <laughs> they reacted and how much they loved it, and all those small things. But is there something more? Is there something larger? Uh, is there something different than the community can be doing, showing support? Um, Being there for people, uh, traveling there, talking to people in Israel, checking in on your family. Is there anything that they could be doing that's... Well, I think people are checking in on their family and friends, you know, thank God. I I wish they'd be traveling
1: more. I think it's a, uh, you know, sometimes you're in a, you're, you know, there during the week where there's a lot of people. You think, oh, wow, look how much, you know, travel's back, tourism's back. But I don't think that's true tourism uh, to the level that we need it. Um, I hope that that returns. Um, during wartime, it's hard to expect it, but I hope it returns. But it's funny with the soldiers, because when I, when I saw the soldiers on the first trip and I, and I asked them about the letters, you know, and th- they spoke about how meaningful it was to them. And back then, I had the same reaction. I was like, you don't just toss them in the garbage. <laughs> like, no. why on earth do you want letters from people in America? No, they, they hang them up on the bulletin boards of the base, you know, in the, uh, in the mess tent, so to speak. So everyone could see them. Some of them actually go to sleep with some of these letters next to them, like they feel a tremendous connection to the children and to the adults around the world who are communicating with them and reassuring them and blessing them, etc. That that's unbelievable. Look, what what can people do? I would lo- and aside from the money, which you you know you noted is pretty significant. Thank God, uh, I would love for people to do more advocacy in Washington and on a local level. Uh, I don't know how we can't um, mobilize. I don't know why we're not mobilizing. You know, um, people in every community in the United States to call the Red Cross every day. Uh, and again, you know, I know the Red Cross, many people say that it's, you know, a, a, as we say in Hebrew, a brachal Atullah. But still, I think they should, they need to be communicated to every day. The United Nations has to be communicated to. There's certain members of Congress, uh, both those who are traditionally not favorable to Israel, and those like John Fetterman, who has been you know so out there in support of Israel, they need to be you know, communicated with. they need to be told you know what the truth is, and in Fetterman's case, they need to be complimented and thanked for what they've been doing. So I just wish people were a little bit more if, if we're not going to travel to Israel en masse, then at the minimum, I would hope that they would you know that people in our community would, would take that role on of just being in touch with members of Congress and being in touch with those agencies that are key i think on paper at least in the uh release of our hostages yeah
11: that 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 is a something that everyone should really be doing and it's free it doesn't cost them anything it costs a couple minutes of time everyone could find a few minutes to do that and it's really really important uh both the positive and the negative by the way they should you should be calling to think also because there is nothing that uh You know they want to hear more. Is that when they're in a tough position and taking a really, really strong stance and sometimes unpopular opinion uh, in this country now? Unfortunately, they should be thanked for their stance. No question. I want to pivot a little bit and just ask uh, specifically about your trip. And there are a lot of missions going to Israel now uh, from the states, and it's really, really amazing. Uh, I know a lot of people who have went on these missions, and they've you know talked about how life changing it is. you've gone on your own sort of mission. It's unique in that it's uh, your own with your, uh, you know, you you bring 20,000 or however many people are are there every single day with you, uh, tens of thousands of people with you um, every single day uh, on your mission. Uh, What was the most uh, impactful moment of all three trips and one that you carry with you today?
1: Oh, boy. Um, Well, it's hard not to, you know, mentioned the visit to Barry and to stay wrote stay wrote because I'd been there so many times and I've seen the community there so active and I've passed that police station dozens of times and now it's completely flooded. there's nothing there on that plot Uh, so that's that's you know that's difficult Um, I I saw pictures of uh, which I think the New York Times printed if I'm not mistaken uh, pictures of people being killed in stay Road at a certain bus stop area uh, literally just gunned down by the enemy. So I was there. I was there on the spot, and I think that that was maybe those maybe that's the answer to your question. Those moments where I saw where the terrorists breached the gate in Barry, and I was standing on the street where they had no more room in the cars that were that were kidnapping people, so they just murdered them on the spot. Um, you know, those for some reason that 3D experience of seeing the beautiful neighborhood and what's happened to it. That to me was, was very, very impactful, even with being inside the safe rooms that people were killed in and being in homes that were, you know, bulldozed so that the enemy can get to, the, to, the, uh, to our brothers and sisters and, and all these. And all those were, believe me, they left an impression. But that whole 3D approach, you know, not seeing it in video or picture form, but being there on the street and imagining what had gone on there, being told what had gone on there and then, you know, seeing it somewhat in front of you, um, it was a tremendous impact. Um, I think my interview with the Israeli soldiers was a, yeah. you know, was something that was very meaningful. That seeing the spirit of um, of this generation of both Israeli and Americans who are now serving in the IDF is pretty remarkable, um, and that was uh, certainly impactful. Um, a lot of great moments: the Pollard interview and. Zvi Kelly explaining all of this to us because he's such an expert on how Arabs think and uh, you know, and, and is an expert at telling us how we have no idea how they think. <laughs> so that was really cool.
11: Um, those are some of the highlights. Wow. So I think one of the things that uh, has been less spoken about or people have not, uh, I have not heard about it as much is that there are both, ki- there are kids, very young kids in Israel and that there is a next generation that's about to go into the army. Um, And I think that that could be very scary for parents in Israel, for kids, for American parents whose kids want to make Aliyah. Um, You know, in a lot of ways, the last 20 years going into the army was a really amazing, beautiful thing, but it was a little less scary in that we weren't in an active war. Um, Is there a message that you can take from the people of Israel, especially to American parents uh, whose kids are about to go into the army or or are going to go in March, uh, which is a big time to uh, uh, join? Uh, Is there something that you could say to them about uh, any sort of chizik or or positive message? (laughs) First of all,
1: I'm uncomfortable with this because I've never had that um, experience of not sleeping at night. um, Which I, and I know people say, you know, it's cliche-ish, but I have friends in Israel with kids in the army and it's literal. It is very hard for them to sleep at night, especially the mothers. Yeah. And who could blame them? Um, and there have been conflicts in the last, you know, many years, even before this, where where you know we've lost soldiers, and right. it's and it's devastating. Um, but I would the only chizuk or the only observation I can make that would be at all um, comforting. I don't even know if that's the right word. Is that the spirit of the youngsters who are in the army is off the charts? It, it is. Absolutely remarkable. You would think that there'd be an ounce of fear in some of them. And their resolve is just amazing. And I think it's like this all the time, but now it's on steroids. Um, you know, has Kelly in the conversation that we had, um, I, I said to him that you've been quoted as saying that, uh, that that you've observed that this group of soldiers is committed to this effort at a level you've never seen before. Yeah. And he said that this group of soldiers was born... It was born before they were able to um, remember the Oslo Accords. They they, they were born in an era post-Oslo Accords, disengagement time. And all they ever heard about was, uh, uh, they never heard of peace treaties. All they ever heard about was bus bombings and terror attacks and, you know, every day waking up to more disaster. And therefore, they're very determined to go ahead and, and win this thing. Uh, unlike some of the commanders, he said, who are of an older age and still <laughs> and still can't shake the education they were given about the possibility of a two-state solution, etc. All right, so he's from a certain uh, vantage point, so that's how he put it. Uh, but I think that the you, you can't deny the unbelievable um, spirit and resolve, uh, commitment that this group of soldiers has at every level, at every single level, whether they're 18 or they're 22 or, or they're in the Air Force or they're behind a computer or they're in Chevron doing Miluim because others who are normally in Chevron doing Shmirah have to go to Gaza, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and the list goes on and on. And it does apply, I think, uh, to a great extent to those in Miluim who are older as
11: well, despite his theory. One of the things that we've been... Uh that I, I know you have a very, very strong relationship with Nefesh B'nefesh and all that they do and everything that they've uh, <laughs> accomplished, and it's really amazing. Uh, and I've heard rumors about the uptick in Aliyah applications. Uh, is that true? And <laughs> is that something that's, uh, that on the ground people are talking about and people are thinking about, and what is their reaction to it?
1: Well, it's definitely true. The numbers bear it out every single time there's a conflict. Imagine this, a full-scale war. The numbers are way up. Um, I think both Israelis and Anglos living in Israel uh, as opposed to making fun of us for you know for for this tremendous increase in interest to move to Israel, I think they're they're sort of telling us uh, or suggesting to us, why aren 't you here already? Like look what 's happening you know this is, this is the uh, uh, the ultimate is to eventually get to Israel. now you have to make that move and I think that that's been their attitude. at least that's what I have felt. Nobody's really making fun if anything, they're just encouraging people to you know they they're afraid for us, they're worried about us. It is a precarious situation here in the United States, and they're concerned about that. Um, So that's the first thing I would say. And um, it's reminiscent to me of when there was this Ethiopian young exchange student, uh, a Jewish Ethiopian at our Shabbos table, and he was describing to us all the trials and tribulations of getting his family to Israel, of them trying to go through the Aliyah process and they weren't allowed to. And hopefully eventually they will, which eventually they did months or years later, and he sat there at the Shabbos table saying to us, why are you here? Like, I, I just, I don't understand it. You have an opportunity to be in Israel easily. I, I Just explain to me why you're here. And he was totally sincere, like baffled by the whole thing. Like, he just couldn't, he couldn't process how he's sitting in a Jewish home in the United States. We're telling him that we could leave in days if we wanted to. And he's like trying to understand it when his family is sacrificing everything in order to make it happen from Ethiopia. So unfortunately, we didn't uh, listen to him or listen to that time. But now is the time to listen. And uh, the numbers, as you indicated, are bearing that
11: out. I think uh, just I have one last question. And uh, I think both emotionally, uh, physically and mentally, how how is leaving Israel? How is it to leave all three times?
1: Um, nobody is enjoying leaving Israel now. I never thought I'd have that Feeling that it's so difficult to leave, nobody likes to leave now, uh, and everybody, even the tourist or a mission that's there just for a few days, feels it. But the most um, impactful thing that I noticed in this area is that um, people living in Israel who have to leave for business, who have to leave for work, who have to leave just to you know come in for twenty four hours, take care of something, whatever that they they just can't handle it. They cannot handle it, and and it's understandable why, because, uh, you know, there are fallen soldiers all the time, and they're concerned about being out of the country when, God forbid, someone either close to them or someone they know, you know, uh, a family like that is suffering, and uh, and they feel bad that, uh, you know, everyone's here, and we're making this commitment to do everything in our power, as you described earlier, everything in our power to, to play our role in this thing, and now I'm going to leave, now I'm going to, even for a day or two, by the way, it's, it's just it's amazing to me what I hear from people how uh, troubled they are by it. You have relatives, by the way, like this, who if you said to them today, leave, they would think a thousand, even for a simcha, they would think a thousand times before leaving because it's just, you know. And not only that, even if there's an uptick in the stress and anxiety, how can I leave my family? Right. Even the older people in my family, you know, I need to, to be here to be reassuring and take care of people. So it's, it's a, it, it, it is hard. I think on every level, it is, as always as difficult as it always is to leave Israel, It's nothing like now. It is very, very hard to leave Israel. And um, let's hope that, uh, you know, that uh, the need to leave Israel is not as great as the desire to go visit and eventually live in Israel coming from this
11: side of the world. Yeah. That's uh, that's a challenge to get out. Uh No question about that. It's a that. challenge to leave, and that's, uh, I guess, I guess a good thing in a lot of ways. And uh, I really appreciate your time, Dad. Uh, thank you so much for having thank me. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: uh, we, we always wondered who the best person was to elicit such responses uh, about the trips to Israel, and we found the right man. So thank you, Benjamin. More coming up. It's Monday at JM in the AM.
2: seemed so endless, yet somehow they survived, free at last, got spiritless and frail. When the Rebbe showed them love and they began to mend, but that's just one part of this precious little tale. It was to be the first Pesach After years devoid of light When the Rebbe of Skulen stood with his son And they announced there will be matzahs For the Seder night But enough to only give each person one Al-Hatadikim The righteous and devout With love in their hearts They lift us up when we stumble and fall The Allah Hasidim The saintly and the pious, Only Hashem knows the burden The burden they bear for us all
3: With
2: two large sacks of flour A small oven made of brick The Rebbe baked as tears streamed from his eyes Measured oh so carefully Neither thin nor thick Each round matzah Kazayis In size Along with the aroma That drifted Through the air One could sense That hope and healing Had begun Again The Rebbe sent out words be fair, please come and take, but take no more than one. Al the righteous and devout with love in their hearts, they lift us up when we stumble and fall. The Allah has saintly and appeal Only Hashem knows the burden The burden they bear for us all The line may have been long But it never stopped or stalled A tapestry of Jews from far and near but suddenly, one young man brought it to a crawl when he bent down and whispered in the Rebbe's ear. I beg of you, dear Rebbe, who is our last resort, though a single matzo
8: will suffice for me.
2: My father is an Admiral, and Vishnit is his court, and as such, he must be given three. An aching sadness grip the Rebbe's soul as he wondered to himself can it be true after all our pain and sorrow could one yet be so whole and deem himself to be a better Jew then he thought, who am I to judge what's right or best? Only God in heaven knows for sure. He's a great and pious rebel. I will comply with his request. And discreetly he gave the young man four. The righteous and devout With love in their hearts They lift us up when we stumble and fall The Allah hasidir,
7: The saintly
2: and the pure Only Hashem knows the burden The burden they bear for us all Before Yom Tiv, the Admiral's son returned and said, May I ask the Rebbe and his son as well? Who was my holy father? Was he right to be concerned that you would keep no matzois for yourself? Yes, indeed, they answered We gave them all away With Jews in need What else was there to do? The admiral's son replied That's what my father thought you'd say So I brought back the two we took for you. al Hazadi Tzadikim, the righteous and devout, with love in their hearts. They lift us up when we stumble and fall. the saintly. Hashem knows the burden the burden
1: they bear for us oh. Jam and the AM journeys from volume five with volume five with Avramo Avram Fried, one of the stars last night of Hask uh, number thirty uh, time for music number thirty-seven. A.B. Rottenberg, of course, uh, featured tremendously last night as well, and he's responsible, of course, for Journeys. It was quite a show. Big S everybody who came out to participate in the Haas concert, and those of you watching at home on the live stream, an honor for me to be part of it again. Much appreciated to everybody involved, to say the least. Um, I thank everybody very, very much. Don't forget, tomorrow night's the Chibuk event. It's happening at uh, Bellworks in Homdell, New Jersey. Shulam Lemmer, Rabbi Farahi, uh, Rabbi Grossman, many other distinguished speakers and performers. It should be an amazing night to uh, show unity for our brothers and sisters in Israel and raise a lot of good money for the needs that are going to be great, to say the least, the housing needs, the clothing needs, the basic necessities, the Weddings and bar mitzvahs, what families are going to be needing for for the next many, many years after this terrible tragedy of uh, October the 7th. So please uh, go to the website, chibuk.org, C-H-I-B-U-K.org. Be as generous as possible. And if you can make it tomorrow night, place your reservation and get ready for a very interesting and inspiring evening. We'll wrap things up with Joey Newcomb at JM and the AM. <laughs>
8: No, you don't have to be Breslau to be besimcha, but you gotta be besimcha to be Breslau. Now you don't have to be wrestler to be a But you gotta be a to be a you Mitzvah fragen der la la li Tami symkha Your symkha love me Yeah yeah boy 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 now you don't have to be Chabad, the one Moshea. Oh, no, you don't, no, you don't. No, you, don't. No, you don't. But you don't. gotta want Moshea to be a yeah Oh, you don't have to be a T.O.E. to love it as you try. But you gotta love it as you throw it to be. Oh, no, you don't.
1: Achayin of and brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish Moments in the morning radio program. Heard of listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at AchimSigel.com, on the AchimSigel network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing Monday here at JM and the AM. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. Tomorrow we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. We are going to explore the incredible Rosh Chodesh minion that's going to be happening in Niti vote in Israel this coming Thursday. That'll be tomorrow morning right here at JM and the AM. Don't forget the Chibuk event is tomorrow night. Go to the website, chibuk.org, chibuk.org. Get your reservations in and be as generous as you can there on the website for the amazing cause that we now call Chibuk. Have a fabulous Monday. Till tomorrow, I'm to reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.